As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey everybody, welcome back to the latest Head of the Pack me, Matt, Bill, coming to you from the Lambeau Field press box after the Packers thrilling 23-14. to 14. Was that even the score of the game? I don't even know. 23-14. No, I, I'm kidding. 23-14 loss to the Jets. Um, it's, it's preseason football. The quarterback tripped over his right guard two plays in a row. Have you ever seen that before in a football game? <laughs> no. Um, I'm not sure I've ever seen it two times in an entire season. Let alone back-to-back <laughs> plays. My my goodness, I mean, it was just it was preseason football in a nutshell. You want you want to know what preseason football is? It's it's a rookie and a quarterback who may or may not ever make a football team. <laughs> it was great, but not. I mean, let's talk about what we can actually take away from that game. There's not much, but um, I think the most interesting thing, if you want to use the word interesting, maybe that's an ex- even – once again, we always do this late at night. Bill, we got to start recording earlier in the day. I can't talk. Um, hey, they play at noon on next Saturday, Matt. Okay, fantastic. Um, the sixth wide receiver spot. The, our assumption is that they're only going to keep six guys. Who gets that final spot in your mind and why? I know Malik Taylor dropped a pass today. But he's pretty good. Um, I know Lafleur is very complimentary toward him um, after the last game. He likes how he blocks. Again, I realize I dropped one today, but he catches the ball well. Um, Funches has hurt me. He had the ankles or the ankle hamstring now. Um, as they say, the, a player's greatest ability is his availability, and he is not available right now. Malik Taylor is. I'd go Taylor. Yeah, it's tough. I, I think... Funchess obviously has that big body. He's a red zone threat. He was their best player on the field last week, but you mentioned it. Malik Taylor has delivered both weeks. He had five catches for 50 yards last Saturday, four for 66 this Saturday, had a couple really nice catches. Um, the toe drag one on the sideline, then he high pointed that, that fade down the left sideline from Kurt Benkert, and he can help on special teams. So, I would agree that it's Malik Taylor right now. I think it's, you know, Jawan Winfrey would have been my pick, but he hasn't practiced in two weeks. 
because uh, of his shoulder injury. Um, EQ, I don't know why he wasn't playing tonight. He, he's, he doesn't have a spot locked up, but uh, he practiced all week. But, you know, I know he's been banged up, but he, he still has to fight for a spot. So I, I would say Funchess and Malik Taylor are, are the most likely at this point. I really don't see them keeping seven. So if it's only six, I would have to say it's Malik Taylor right now. Yeah, I would say the wild card here, Matt, is if you keep Funchess and you cut Taylor, is anybody going to claim Taylor on waivers? No, but or I think someone would. Or you put him on the would, squad, and right. then you kind of have seven receivers anyways. I, I think someone might claim Funchess, but I don't think anyone yeah. would claim Malik Taylor. That's a good point. Um, the quarterback spot is interesting. Now, obviously, Aaron Rodgers starter. Jordan loves the backup, but... You know, Jason Wildey brought this up to Matt LaFleur in the postgame presser, and I think it's a, an intriguing point. We're, listen, we're not saying Kurt Benkert is better than Jordan Love. We're saying if Jordan Love is not healthy enough to play in the preseason game in Buffalo next week, can he go into the season as your backup? Um, skill-wise, he's probably ready, but just in terms of like operating in an actual NFL game and going through a game week preparing to be a backup, Kurt Kurt Benkert has done that for a couple years now. He handled himself well against a starting NFL defense today. And, and can you really be one snap away from Jordan Love playing when he's only played in half of a preseason game? I mean, Jordan Love is probably a better quarterback than Kurt Benkert. I mean, is he? We don't even know at this yeah, point. Yeah, we have no idea. We have no idea, really. I'm getting ahead of myself there. Obviously, since he's the first-round pick, the the next guy after Rodgers, presumably, you want to say that he's the easy number two, but Kurt Benker can play. He knows what it's like in this league going through prep for a game week. Jordan Love doesn't really. you know. I mean, I, I guess he was the number three last year, and Kurt Benker was too, but Kurt Benker has done it longer, and... This seems like an outrageous question, but at least until Jordan Love gets a lot of twos reps as he has been in camp or, or during the regular season when he can actually get those reps game planning against another opponent, would you rather Kurt Benkert start the season as your backup if Jordan Love can't play against the Bills or... Are you fine with Jordan Love going into the season being one snap away from trying to win you an actual NFL football game with, with you know, if he only does play a half this preseason? That's a great question. Ben Kurt is, there's enough plays in a game where you think the guy is pretty good. I mean, that second touchdown drive was, was nuts. I mean, we, we, we let off with him and falling a couple of times. Um, there's two holding penalties on that drive. And yet, despite four negative plays, he gets him in the end zone because he converted a bunch of third downs. He made the great back shoulder pass to Malik Taylor. Um, you know, by the same token, though, there's a shotgun snap that he goes through his hands and Kylan Hill saves his bacon. There's the interception last week against Houston. There's enough maddening plays there. You think, my God, if, if the guy has to play, you're up bleepity bleep creek. Um I don't think they're in good shape if no, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt Jordan regardless. Love, if only because he has taken, versus hasn't played the preseason, but all these other reps count, don't they, Matt? May counts, June counts, August counts. I mean, these all, they all count. He's facing Green Bay's 
top defense a lot. I guess you hope that that training is good enough. Yeah, I think Jordan Love is probably in a better position to help you win a game just because he probably has more upside, I guess, than Kurt Benkert. You know what you're going to get with Kurt. Um, He's going to sling it a couple times. But like we've seen the past two games, he comes out hot. First couple plays he makes you go, oh boy, we're in for a treat here. And then it kind of slows down and, and everything comes to a halt. Then there's the interception and there's bobbled snaps all the time. So I would, I would still go with, with Jordan Love, but I think it's a question worth asking. Boy, he's got a place. I mean, not yet, he doesn't have to, but what a disaster this would be for the, for the Packers. Well, I mean, you, you're going to go potentially into 2022 without Rodgers, and you will have nothing to base this quarterback decision on. Is Jordan Love good enough to replace Aaron Rodgers? They'll have no idea. What a disaster. I mean, yeah. he, you figure he'd have played, let's say he plays three quarters in each of these three games. That's nine quarters of real action. He maybe only has two. I mean, what a what, what a tough spot for the, for the GM trying to plot their team's future. Really, I, I know, and we talked about that, you know, on the side earlier tonight. What if they finish this season and and Aaron Rodgers wants out, and Jordan Love only has a half of a preseason under his belt in his NFL career? I mean, maybe it's not up to the Packers. Yeah, I think Rob said this tonight. Maybe it's not up to the Packers if, if they, you know keep Aaron Rodgers or, or move on from him. And that's a terrifying thought for Brian Gutekunst and everyone in charge of making decisions in this building because nobody knows if Jordan Love will be ready. But that's a, that's a question for another time. I want to talk some, some risers and fallers because roster cut down day is a little over a week away. Um, I wrote about this tonight, but a couple guys who I think helped their stock tonight I'm proud of myself. I said this to you before we started recording. I'm proud of myself since I'm training myself to start watching offensive linemen more. I, I always just watch like the heart of the play, the, the runs, the passes, the quarterback, the cornerbacks who break up passes. But I need to start watching more of you know the, the guy who helps spring the play or the guy who helps spring the guy who helps spring the play. And two guys that stood out when I rewatched the game tonight were Ben Braden and Royce Newman specifically for uh, the way they blocked in the run game. Matt LaFleur called out the, the poor blocking in the run game, poor offensive line play in the run game uh, after last Saturday's game, and I thought it was a lot better tonight. Um, Patrick Taylor had a nice night on the ground apart from the fumble. Kylan Hill ha- hasn't really gotten going that much, but had the nice touchdown run. Ben Braden laid an incredible block on that one. Royce Newman laid a really nice block on A.J. Dillon's longest run of the night. And both of those guys are impressing. You know, I haven't seen much from John Runyon Jr. or Lucas Patrick. And then you have these two guys who you figure are going to ride the bench all year in the rookie Newman and Ben Braden who are, who are making plays. Yeah, that Braden block was pretty dang good, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> touchdown. He was like a one-man convoy. Um, gosh, I remember when... when Offensive line coach Adam Senovich was at the June OTAs or minicamp whenever he talked to us. Talked about Ben Brading being a starter or potential starter. I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, he's not. I mean, the guy we, we've talked about it before in his first four years, he's played four snaps and they were completely trivial nonsense snaps. Um, 
he's a good player. You're you're right. Runyon hasn't done done much. Lucas Patrick, who I thought was pretty darn good as a starter last year, Matt. Um, he had a bad block last week. Two holding calls tonight. Now I realize Lafleur was thought of one of them was questionable, but that he's fighting for a job here. You you looked up 1.975 million they can save against the cap by releasing Patrick. You wonder if they're just looking to find out if they can get at least comparable play with maybe better upside out of one of these guys, right? Just to go save the money. And having two holding calls isn't going to help your case, like like Lucas did tonight. Um, it's interesting though because like him and Runyon and Braden have been cycling in and out, but Royce Newman. You know, Matt LaFleur gave him the chance to start at joint at right guard and joint practices and today in the game. And I haven't seen a reason for him to be taken out of the starting lineup. So I wonder, you know, will he still be in the starting lineup when David Bakhtiari comes back? Because right guard is in Elton Jenkins' position, left guard is. So could we see a starting line of Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Newman, and Turner this year? I, it's certainly possible. Yeah, you draft the guy in the fourth round. Um, that that's that's clearly shows that, that they like the guy. And, and you're right, he played good tonight. And if this was his first game, what are you going to get from him in week four, in week eight, in week seventeen? Right? I mean, you yeah. figure he's going to get better and better and better. So, to my point against Patrick, or with Patrick, if you can get comparable play but with long term better upside. Maybe that's what the team's been doing with this whole guard competition the last three weeks. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating because obviously the offensive line is extremely important. They had the best offensive line in the league last year, I believe. ESPN's pass block win rate stat and their run block win rate stat both ranked the Packers number one. Um, I don't think they're going to be at the top of either category this year, but anything, you know, we talked about it last week, anything close to that, I think, is is good enough. Um, some other guys I wanted to talk about, we've talked about Benkert, we've talked about Patrick, Braden, Newman, Malik Taylor. What do you think of, you know, the, the battle at cornerback? We haven't talked about the Josh Jackson trade yet, obviously, since it happened after we last recorded. You know, obviously, Jair, Kevin, Eric Stokes, Shannon Sullivan and Shamar are locked, so that's five. If they keep six cornerbacks, you know, I thought KB on Antel had a rough game tonight. I'm always I'm always hesitant on on these chunk passing plays where there are a couple guys in the vicinity. I'm always hesitant to like pin it on one guy because we don't really know the assignments. Um, we would have to sit down and watch film with the coaches. But what I do know from KB on Ento is he had a guy wrapped up around the neck and couldn't make the tackle, and that sprung an 18-yard run. Um, I rewatched that 73-yard kick return uh, that Corey Ballantyne had for the Jets, and KB Onento gets turned around, and he's literally running the opposite direction as Ballantyne is running with the ball, and Ento's not even looking at the ball for a full two seconds. He, he, he ends up making the tackle, but he's running the opposite direction, not looking at the ball for a full two seconds. Like, it's those kinds of things on special teams that are causing the Packers to to falter there. And if you're the sixth cornerback, you're going to need to contribute on special teams. So do you give it to Ento? Do you give it to Ike Yadam, the, the new corner? Do you give it to Kadar Holman? Who would you say? 
you know, you make a great point on special teams. You know, Yadam had a really good tackle. was on special teams um, when he was in there. I think it was a running play to the Packers sideline, and he had a really good open field tackle. Now, look, look this is the guy's third team in, in four years. But, you know, I was talking to someone in New York, um, one, one of the writers over there. Um, she said that one thing that he did really well was tackle. Um, I remember watching special teams drills on Thursday. They had some really fun special teams drills, and he was one of the few guys who really, who really showed up and, and showed like he belonged. He could really contribute in that phase. So, man, you hate to say a guy who just comes here is going to jump right into that role, but yeah, I, I would think Yadam. Look, they, they like the guy. I mean, I realize, yeah, maybe he's just a throw on for Josh Jackson, but you know, as Goody's told us a thousand times that that what you think about draft picks matters even a few years down the line. So I would assume they like Yadam in that draft and are happy to have him here. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so heading into the third preseason game, uh, I obviously don't think any of the the main guys will play. They sat more guys or didn't dress more guys tonight. Obviously, there were a couple more injuries. So guys like, you know, Funches, who would have played, didn't. Um, Dennis Kelly probably wouldn't have played. Um, he might have, but he got injured in joint practice this week, too. The Jets have had, like, 19 guys stretched off this week. They need to get the hell out of Green Bay. Um, but with the Packers, what, what are you looking for this week? What, what are going to be the most important things you've got your eye on as the Packers head into this third and thankfully final preseason game? Um, they got to get the roster down to 80. Actually, let's do that. Let's make predictions for the five guys uh, who are cut. What are they at now, 85? 85, yes. 85, right, because they released Dominique Martin for uh, Hazleton. Um, they need to get down to 80 by Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central. So who are your picks? And then we'll talk about the Week 3 preseason game. Who are your picks for the five guys to get cut before Tuesday at 3? All right. Um, the defensive tackle, Avery, he was kind of in late in the game, and they seem to really like um, – Willington Prevalon. Jack Heflin uh, is Jake, Jack Heflin. They seem to really, I mean, legit like those guys. And maybe, maybe one of those guys can, can bounce Lancaster off the roster. So I would, I would think Avery's one, you know, the, the linebacker Wilborn hasn't played a lot, which is, you know, I was really looking forward to seeing him. He was a linebacker turned safety turned linebacker kind of guy in college. I was interested in seeing him. Um, you know, they just brought in a receiver, the other day, you know, if some of these guys get healthy, maybe maybe he's just here. You know, I, I assume Dolagala's probably gone again. Um, Kronk, the, the left tackle from Iowa, and um, Jacob Capra, the undrafted guard from San Diego State, maybe one of those guys. So I'm, I'm yeah, six. I, w- I would go Dolagala, assuming Love can practice. Right. If he can't, obviously, they're going to keep Dolagala. Jake Dolagala's one pass attempt intercepted, so um, got to get that passer rating up. I would say <laughs> I would say Koi Kronk, he had, he had a bad whiff tonight, um, had a false start. There's just a lot of bodies at offensive line. I don't think he's, he's in the picture, so he would be my second after Dolagala. I'll go, hmm... I'll go Chris Blair at wide receiver. Can't stay healthy. He's like on the field every other day. Uh, you know, they sign Hazleton. They probably want to see what he's got a little bit. They could probably cut him, but Chris Blair, he's made one play all offseason, all, all, all training camp. 
nice story. You know, I, I wrote a story on him earlier this offseason, but he, he just can't stay healthy. So the, those are three. I agree with Avery because I think Prevalon and Heflin have both made some plays, both in practice and in games. Um, and then my fifth one is J.J. Molson. I, they're slowly getting rid of that specialist competition. I'm, I'm surprised that Molson is the last one standing. It's probably just to keep Mason Crosby on a kick count, but Mason Crosby had the safest job of any of the three specialists, but he's the last one with competition in camp. That's amazing. Is that, I mean, if you if you're you're a, you've you've wagered a dollar or two in your day, Matt. I mean, who who would have? Ever, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> who, who would have made that bet if bet MG, if bet MGM had that bet? Right. Who's the first? Who's the last specialist challenger left standing? Um, Jeez, Molson is uh, yeah, off the board. I would have lost. I mean, are they gonna Ryan Winslow's on the Cardinals? You said. Yeah, I picked up on waivers up to Arizona. And they might need to get someone else in here. A 21-yard punt that almost went into the first row near midfield when you had a full field to work with. Second straight week, he's had a, a bad one like that. Um, he was inconsistent last year. Like Using a fifth-round pick on J.K. Scott, that is does not look good for Brian Gutekunst right now. Yeah, I remember a couple years ago, um, I kind of went back over that and I looked at like the top 10 punters that season and like eight of them, I'm, and I'm making up the numbers, so I don't cough it out in my head, but I want to say eight of the top 10 punters that year were undrafted free agents. And the other two are like seventh rounders. It's like, if you just look at the track record, why on earth would you burn a relatively decent draft pick on a punter? It's just, it didn't make any sense then. It doesn't make any sense now. And doesn't make any sense when you're shanking 21-yard punts in a lovely August afternoon. I could do that. Um, yeah, you've kicked before. And, and poor J.J. Do, do our listeners know that you've kicked? Not punted, but do our listeners know that you've kicked? Yeah, with Packer legend Giorgio Tavecchio. I'm not great, but I, I could probably go out there and make one or two. But, um, yeah, I, I think... J.K. Scott, Hunter Bradley, obviously both safe, but Hunter Bradley bounced one in the end zone last week. J.K. Scott has a 21-yard punt. And poor J.J. Molson doesn't even get to put in-game field goals on tape. He did last week, I think. I think Crosby just kind of hung out last week, I think. Well, yeah, I'm saying like in pre actual preseason games. Yeah. Because he, he had the extra point, but um, no actual field goals because they've scored three touchdowns. Um. Last thing I wanted to talk about, because we heard this last Sunday, which was after we recorded, but one of the more intriguing decisions, and I think it's a very easy decision, but I'm wondering if the Packers will finally pull the trigger on the Jay Sternberger experiment. You know, he had a bad drop today, also had the nice touchdown catch, but and I know we've talked about this off-air, Bill, but when we asked Justin Outen, tight ends coach, about Jace last Sunday and about his 34-yard catch that he had from Jordan Love in that, in that Texans game, he literally changed direction and basically said, yeah, but that catch doesn't tell the story of the whole player. He's been really sporadic. He's got to get a better understanding of the playbook, his habits off the field, 
you know, he's got to get in the playbook. This is his third year in the system. And I purposely asked about Isaac Nada, who since had his season ended because of a chest injury. Um, I purposely asked J.O. about Isaac Nada just to see, like, what tone he addressed him in. And you would think he was Tony Gonzalez, by the way he talked <laughs> about him. Um, we've said on the show multiple times that, you know, the coaching staff wasn't high on Sternberger around, around this time last year. But now that his position coach is publicly saying, essentially, that he doesn't work hard enough to learn the system off the field. That's a huge indictment on him. And suspension aside, sure, they could keep him around and you know then cut him after week three and keep him around just for insurance in case there's an injury. But it just seems they don't want anything to do with him regardless. I mean, Dominique Daphne is not playing because his spot on the team is locked up. What does that say about Jay Sternberger, a 2019 third-round pick? Daphne was tending bar at, at a freaking bar in Iowa eight months ago. It's amazing. What has Dominic Daphne done? He played a handful of games last year. He caught a touchdown from Rodgers, but the guy has zero track record. His, he has no college track record, Matt. His claim to fame, he started his career at Iowa. I'm all rubbed up now. He started his career at Iowa. <laughs> he didn't play there. He ends up going to Indiana State. He did nothing, nothing at Indiana State other than toward the end of the season, they're up Bleep Creek again, and they put him at Wildcat quarterback. And in his collegiate finale, he ran for like 300 yards. That is this guy's complete football claim to fame. Is He, he went bananas against some scrub school as the Wildcat, Wildcat quarterback. That was his claim to fame until he catches a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers against the Bears at Chicago. The guy has no track record. Yep. But he did enough during how long is he on the team? He was with the team for what three months between practice squad and regular roster, three months, whatever it was. He did enough during that brief time. Then, of course, the spring stuff. Where, as to what you just said, he didn't dress tonight. He is a stone cold lock to make the roster over a third round pick who probably played thirty snaps tonight. Because he's done nothing in that playbook comment. Um, I was just unbelievable, and I and I go to jail. I go, how is that possible? Yeah, and I still don't know how it's possible. <laughs> he kind of talked around it for a while. I still don't know how it's possible. Dominique Nathan was here for three months. He knows the offense. This guy's been here <laughs> for three years. He doesn't know squat. It's unbelievable. It really unbelievable. is. So yeah, I don't think Chase Sternberger is going to make the team if. If you didn't get what I was getting at there, um, it'll be the the four tight ends will be Lewis, Tunyon, Deguara, who's runs with the first team a lot in in practice, and I've seen him catch more dump off screen passes and take them for fifteen yards in practice than anything else. <laughs> yeah, he had a good deep catch against the Jets on Thursday. Yeah, from Banker. Yeah, I was on the other side. Yeah, but yeah, he was um, extended play from Benkert, and Benkert aired it out, and he he was. Gain of about 40. Yeah. So, yeah, he's made some plays for he's sure. Ma- for he's made some plays com- coming he's off an ACL. Yeah. What so are you looking be- for this week, Matt? What am I looking for this sort of week? A while ago, no. <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, I will not be going to Buffalo. Um, I believe I could take a regular season trip or the preseason trip. I had to choose one, and obviously I'll choose the regular season trip. I will be in New Orleans week one, though. Um what I'm looking for this week is who can separate themselves at wide receiver. Specifically, will Winfrey and Funchess 
get back on the field. Like there are a lot of guys who just obviously they're injured. This is not a, a knock on them, but the best ability is availability, as you said. And and Winfrey needs to get on the field. Um, Funchess needs to get on the field. St. Brown needs to stay on the field. And and these guys who are on the roster bubble, this is crunch time. We, there there are what's today. We're recording this Saturday night. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, there's 10 days until roster cutdown day. 10 days until the Packers have to cut 27 guys. And multiple wide receivers will be among that group. Uh, I'm looking specifically for Juwan Winfrey and Devin Funches, if they can, to get back on the field and state their claims for inclusion on the 53-man because I first went from Win- Winfrey's going to get that spot to Funches going to get that spot to Malik Taylor is going to get that spot. And only one of them is probably going to make the team. And I'm looking for one of them to separate themselves this week. Yeah, I can't wait for Monday's practice. I assume they practice Monday. I want to know who's going to play left guard. And I want to play. I want to know who's going to play right guard. I want to see who takes that very first snap of that very first team drill and see where they're leaning. Because I, I'm agree, I, I think Royce Newman has done nothing to get put back in the bench. And I wonder if Ben Braden did enough while he played right tackle today. I wonder if maybe they're better off giving him a shot at left guard. Um, so that's gonna, to me, that's going to be interesting. And um, the safety stuff still is super interesting to me. Um, I like all those young guys. They, they all make a play here and there. Uphoff had a great special teams tackle tonight. Um, Henry Black can, can lower the boom. Innis Gaines, like, his nickname is Thump, I believe, for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, every time I see him, and I was watching the game back, I was like, who's that who just made that hit? Oh, it's it's 38 again. Like, yeah, he'll have a mishap here and there. Like, he contained a run, an outside run against the Texans really poorly last week. Um, he'll have a mishap every now and then. But when he makes plays, like, he's always around the ball. And then Vernon Scott is hurt, but we, we know he can play. Um, I don't see why Will Redmond should be on this team. I, I just don't. Him. They, see, they, they love him. I don't know why. I mean, the guy missed a whole bunch of training camp. He came back this week, and, you know, tonight it was Will Redmond and Henry Black as the starting safeties. Um, they clearly see more, and, you know, I, I will trust this coach's opinions over mine, but um, they, they clearly like the guy. Personally, I would go with the young guys and see what you got. But, yeah, I, you know, Uphoff is, Uphoff is so big and fast, and Gaines just keeps popping. Here's, here's a guy who didn't play last year. Um, he had a partially torn ACL late in his senior year or, or pre-draft training and was completely out of the league last year. Um, he keeps he keeps making plays. I At some point, I want to see some sort of shakeup in an up chart. Um, haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that safety spot, we've talked about it before, is going to be very important because if Savage plays the slot, they're going to need to figure out a guy to put next to Adrian Amos. But... I think it's far more likely that Jair plays the slot because your third cornerback that would play outside would be Kevin King and Stokes. And I trust that tandem a lot more than I would Darnell Savage and one of those guys. We just haven't seen it. We've not seen Alexander in the slot. Now, these are all open practices with the fans, so so maybe they're stashing it. um, Starting Monday, the fans are no longer allowed, so maybe starting Monday is when... Um, some of the stuff will crystallize and right. so this behind closed doors. 
But you're so, right. You know, I remember when Jerry Gray talked to us two weeks ago. Jerry seemed to really, really be leaning toward Stokes and King, assuming Stokes can play. Stokes and King on the outside and putting Alexander in the slot when needed. It seemed like that's really what he wanted to do. Because you see, you know, the Packers do it with Devontae Adams. They, they have him in the slot a lot. And the best wide receivers are able to move all around. And will they have Jair literally follow the guy like Jalen Ramsey does? Um It'll be fascinating. I think Jair can. I'm intrigued to see if they ask him to do it. So, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. And then keep Amos and Savage um, back deep. So it's a possibility. You know, we're in the grind of summer. We're almost there. We're almost on the other end of training camp. You guys are the best listeners out there. We'll talk to you next Saturday night again. We won't be at the game, but we will be watching, obviously. Um, and then roster cut down day. That's when it gets real. And then obviously it's an extended layoff between, uh, roster cut down day and the start of the regular season. But football is almost here three weeks away, September 12th. I believe it's three weeks from tomorrow. Actually first regular season game. I can't wait. You can't wait. Um, but for me, you know where to find me, Bill on SI, obviously the hardest working man on the beat. I'll go to my grave saying that. But we appreciate you guys for listening as always, and we'll talk to you next time.